What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm so excited to have you tuned in for your first episode of Manifest Daily. And to my OG listeners, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave Manifest Daily. My loves, I'm so excited for this episode because we are finally, 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 finally chatting about attachment styles and attachment theory. If you're unfamiliar, buckle up, okay? Because we about to get into some stuff and it is going to be a very juicy episode. So in this episode, we're going to talk about attachment styles, attachment theory, what the different attachment styles are. I'm going to talk about my experience with my attachment style and how it's changed during during my experience dating here in Dallas as a single woman. And then I'm also going to get into something really interesting, which I was going to separate that into its own episode, but I figured it might end up being really applicable to this episode. And that is the fact that today I am seeing a medium for the first time. And the reason for seeing this medium really has to do with getting some clarity on my love life. I won't even lie to y'all. I'm not going to cap. I'm not going to front. That's just the truth. And I feel like I wanted to kind of do like the first half of this episode before I see the medium and then come back and then chat, give y'all tea on my experience seeing the medium and all that good stuff. And if you don't know, you probably won't know who this medium is because I have an episode that I record with a guest where we talk about her experience with this particular medium, which actually prompted me to reach out to the medium to set up a session. That episode is going to go live, I think in July, I want to say like the first episode in July. So stay tuned for that. But my loves, we got to get into what attachment styles are, attachment theory. I don't know. I'm like kind of nervous about this episode because I have really been diving deep in terms of like understanding the role that my attachment style is playing in my dating life and the role that it's playing in terms of like me interacting with men and sort of the struggle that I am experiencing when it comes to interacting with men in my dating life and sort of how that's been 
been negatively affecting me. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more as I talk about my specific attachment style. But I am nervous for this episode because I was at the gym this morning and it could be because your girl's getting her period on Saturday. I don't know. But I was so emotional about it. Just like thinking about what I've been through, what I'm going through, all the emotions I'm feeling and how at this point in my dating life, I kind of just feel stuck. And I had that episode the other day where I kind of told you guys about how I had like this breakthrough where I was like, okay, if I'm going to be single for a really long time, maybe the rest of my life, I don't know. Okay. Although again, the episode I had with the guest the other day, she was like, you're not going to be single for the rest of your life if you don't want it. I, I came to terms with that, right? And I had this really great breakthrough moment where I felt almost very freed from my own from my own like struggle mindset, if you will. As we all know, healing is not linear, right? It is up, down, around, all around town. And I feel like today I'm just sort of struggling. And I feel stuck. And I'm actually really happy that I have this session with the medium today. I didn't necessarily plan it with the intention of feeling these emotions today. Um, I actually thought about canceling my session because I was feeling so upset earlier that I was like, I don't know if I necessarily want to go through with recording uh, podcast episodes with guests today and also having this session just because my energy feels so heavy. But I figured that it probably wasn't and I don't believe in coincidences so it definitely isn't a coincidence that this session happens to be on the day where I'm feeling these emotions and I'm curious how that will affect the session and sort of what comes up throughout that session. That being said I am sort of feeling a bit stuck and I think when that happens it's often like a really good time for you to kind of pause and look around right because I sort of interpret the energy of feeling stuck or the energy of struggling as you're in this place it's sort of like you see where you want to go right but you're trying to like walk over there and it's like you're in quicksand you're sinking or you're stuck and you can't move forward even though you know you or you feel like you know rather what you need to do to get there you just got to move your legs you got to walk you got to just like walk over to that thing that goal whatever that is for you But in this moment, it feels unattainable. It feels as if you are making the movements or doing the things or doing all of the things, but nothing is working. And we all know in terms of manifestation and energy that a lot of times when we are in this sort of forceful and pushing and wanting energy, that that is the exact place and the exact energy that stops us from receiving what we do want. And so when I'm in that space and in that place, I often have to take a look around at what I'm doing and I have to pause and I have to take a step back and allow myself to sort of reset my energy, reset where I'm at mentally and, you know, realize that, okay, I I am getting into that sort of pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, You guys know that I took a break from the dating apps and then I went back on. So I took a, a bit of a break from them. And then I went back on and I got on Hinge and then I was like on Tinder. It's time for another break. Now, when it comes to breaks from dating apps, I'm definitely someone where I'm like, if you got to take a break for like a week, a month, six months, a year, whatever you need to do, do that for yourself. And if you feel called to go back on, 
do that for yourself too. I don't necessarily feel like taking a break means that you have to permanently say, fuck the apps, I'm not gonna be on here because I know so many people who've met their person through an app. Like I know so many people who've created some beautiful connections, whether they end up being, you know, that person's partner, husband, wife, or just a good friend through an app. So I personally... I'm not comfortable with dismissing the idea that I can't ever meet someone amazing through an app. However, the thing about the apps is that, and the thing about dating too in general, is that it can take a toll on you. It's a very emotional experience. And I've found that the more that I date and kind of have these experiences, um, I just have to take these breaks for my own sanity, for my own mental health, especially when I can feel myself slipping into a space where I'm becoming very cynical, where I stop believing in the magic of love. Like that is something where when I start to notice that within myself, like when I start to notice that I'm just thinking, oh, like I don't even want to go on this date because it's not going to become anything or like, oh, like I don't even want to start liking this person because like, what's the point? Like that energy, that mindset is so not who I am as a person. And then when I start to notice, oh, y'all, I think I'm just very emotional because my period is coming. That's what I'm chalking it up to. But when I start to notice that happening with myself, I like know as much as I'm like, I don't want to take a break. Like I need to take a break because I also know that I can meet someone in another way. I think for me, I just place so much, so much like emphasis on the apps themselves because y'all know I don't go nowhere. (laughs) Y'all know I don't go nowhere. So I think that's why I place so much emphasis on them as the highest chance or highest possibility of me meeting someone. So when I am recognizing that I do need to take a break, it makes me feel as if I'm failing. Like it makes me feel... As if like, it's just never going to happen. And I know like if you're listening to this and I know like, you know, if you're older, maybe like you already have found your person or whatever the case is, you might kind of be like, girl, I know I was there at one point in time, like it's going to happen. And like, it's one of those things where again, you can, you can know, you can believe in the magic of love, the magic of manifestation, all these different things, but it's still it's still one of those things where I'm human. So it's like as much as I can sit here and have those moments where I'm truly, 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 truly like believing in the fact that it'll happen or I truly have that faith. I'm like sitting 100% in that. I also have the moments where it's like this, where I just feel so broken by my experience that I'm just like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I literally don't want to do this anymore. But then there's that other part of me that is so perseverant and wants to push through and wants to keep going because I don't like to give up when it comes to getting what I want and like having what I want because I know it's possible. So for me, it's like the idea of simply giving up on love is just so like, it's like not even a thing because I'm like, how can I give up on something that I want to experience so much? So that's kind of where I'm at. And like I said, I'm going to talk a bit more about 
some specific experiences that has essentially changed my uh, attachment style and just changed the way that I approach dating. Honestly, for not the better, <laughs> I don't know, for, for the worst, for the worst. I don't I don't think that's a phrase, but it's just not been a positive um effect so we're going to talk about that in a little bit but before we dive into what the actual attachment styles are because I'm going to go through all four of them and we're going to dive into what they are kind of like how they're um how you how you would form that attachment style and all that good stuff I want to talk about what attachment style is so Attachment style essentially refers to the way in which you relate to other people. This was actually created or like the idea of attachment styles was first discovered or first talked about by British psychiatrist John Bowlby. And he was the first attachment style theorist. And again, attachment style or attachment in general refers to this emotional bond or these emotional bonds that we create with other people. So when you think about you know, your romantic partner, uh, maybe even your friends, your loved ones, like people that you are creating any emotional bond with, like your attachment style is going to play out through that relationship. So John Bowlby believed that in our early relationships, our caregivers have a really huge impact in our life and affect the way that we'll eventually approach social interactions, relationships throughout our life. So essentially, when we talk about attachment style, we're talking about these styles that are formed early on in our life due to the fact that we form our first attachment with our caregivers, right? If you think about it, you come out, you're a little baby, and maybe if you grew up with your mom or your dad or whoever, like that person who was your main caregiver or those people who are taking care of you, the bond that you formed with them essentially is forming your first attachment style. And that's going to affect that the way, or that's going to affect rather the way that you go through life, the way that you're interacting with other people, the way that you're forming additional relationships. In the 1970s, psychologist Mary Ainsworth actually added to Bowlby's original work by revealing the effects of attachment on behavior. She ran the study, which was called Strange Situation, where the researchers actually observed children between the ages of 12 and 18 months as they responded to a situation where they were left alone for a little bit and then they were reunited with their mothers. And through that study, they were able to come up with three major styles of attachment, which were at the time secure attachment, ambivalent insecure attachment, avoidant insecure attachment as the last one. But then later on in 1986, Maine and Solomon added a fourth attachment style, which was called disorganized insecure secure attachment style and this was based on their own research at the time so a number of studies have just supported kind of like the work that has already been done the research that has already been done when it comes to talking about attachment styles how they impact our behaviors how they're formed all those good things and what I want to note here as well is that attachment styles can change. Again, I already alluded to it, but I know that my attachment style has changed. And I think that's the one thing that is really good about this, right? You're not, you're not 
stuck here in terms of your attachment style. If you are anxious or avoided or anything other than secure attachment style, that doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. And that certainly doesn't mean that you can't change it if you want to. We're all able to become aware of our behaviors, to learn about our behaviors, and then to do what we need to do, make the changes that we need to make, communicate in the way that we need to communicate with our partners in order to truly change our attachment styles for the better. So I want to put that out there because I think when we talk about stuff like this, it can become really hard if you learn that you have a particular attachment style that just to you doesn't feel that great and if you know and recognize that it's affecting your relationships in a not so positive way it can feel really sucky because you're like okay this is this is it it's almost like this is like my personality type like this is who I am but it's like as I always tell you guys we're always evolving we're always changing and we're always able to grow as a person so if you recognize that you are acting in ways that's conducive with a particular attachment style that you're not a fan of let's figure out right throughout this episode as you listen let's figure out how you can make the changes and take the steps to change that said attachment style to secure attachment style so I'm going to start diving in, talking about the particular attachment styles. We're going to start off with anxious, preoccupied attachment styles. So let's go ahead and dive in. First up, we have anxious attachment style. So with anxious attachment style, the thought of being alone or being without your partner can cause a high level of anxiety. This is the type of person who is seeking a lot of approval from their partner. Like you want your person to give you all the compliments, all the kind words, all the support. And obviously, we know in a relationship, we want our partners to support us, things like that. But with this particular uh, attachment style, almost investment style girl what with this particular attachment style like you almost need like an excess amount of that stuff to feel in some ways secure and I put that in quotation marks because it's not truly secure but you do want a lot of approval there's a lot of worry when this person is in this in a relationship because you're often worried that your partner isn't as invested in you or the relationship as you are in the relationship. So you have this like really heightened fear of abandonment. You're afraid they're going to leave. You're afraid they might cheat on you. You're sort of like afraid and anxious all the time. So again, this high anxiety can lead to a lot of clingy behavior. This particular attachment style is formed from a parent who was super inconsistent. So maybe sometimes they responded to you, maybe sometimes they didn't respond to you, they weren't supportive, and sometimes they were. And so that inconsistency has led to you being like really confused on what to expect from one, your parent, right, your caregiver initially, but also now in relationships, you kind of don't know what to expect. And you're sort of afraid when it comes to inconsistency, and you're afraid that your partner is going to provide this inconsistent behavior, which will support Support your claims that they are not as invested in you and the relationship as you are in them. I know that when I was first like, I guess, dating or like early on in my life, I was definitely this anxious 
attachment style. I was the type of person where I just like had a fear of the person leaving. I was like very afraid um, and it would come off in like clingy behavior. Like I would give a lot of reassurance to my partners in hopes that they return that. So it's almost like y'all know when you act out a certain way because you want other people to like give you that back. And instead of you directly communicating like, hey, I need this from you. I need this from you. You give them an excess amount of that in hopes that they sort of like intuitively pick up on what you're doing and give that back to you, which is really not the way to approach things because people can't read our minds. So like, don't do that. But that's how I was. Like I was always sort of like giving and giving and giving and giving and providing a lot of this reassurance, a lot of these compliments, the support in hopes that I would receive that back. And of course, that's not always the case, right? I think when it comes to relationships, like you can, you know, get a partner who picks up on that intuitively and says like, hey, like, what do you need from me or who is communicative and who is able to provide that support from you. But a lot of times when you enter into a relationship, just thinking and hoping that by you being excessively nurturing, excessively providing, excessively supportive, that that is going to make your partner give that back to you. You're going to be severely disappointed when you find out that if you don't communicate your needs to your partner, they are not going to give you the things that you need and the way that you need them because they don't know what you want. We're all so different. We all come from different backgrounds. We've all had different experiences, especially when it comes to dating and relationships, uh, our relationships with our parents, our friends, everything, our relationships with ourselves. So when we enter into a partnership of any sort again really focusing on romantic partnerships for the sake of this episode when we enter into a partnership it is extremely important that we communicate where we're at like what are the traumas that we're like currently working through what are the things that we have worked through and where has it allowed us to change our mindset what are some things that we need support with what are some things that we actively recognize that we struggle with and we want to let our partners know so when it comes to this particular attachment style this might be you if you find that you are just experiencing a high level of anxiety in your romantic relationships so whether you are partnered or whether you are dating if you find that you're constantly sort of like seeking that excess amount of approval and another thing with this one is that with anxious attachment style you typically have like a really high view of other people y'all know like when you put people on like that pedestal it's almost like you are putting someone on a pedestal and you're because like they're on this high pedestal for you in your bird's eye view or in your uh what is the word i'm looking for in your perception perspective 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 in your perspective it's like anything they can say or do to reassure you you take that and you run with it it's so exciting for you because you reassuring yourself that you are smart confident amazing worthy whatever it just doesn't feel the same as like your partner giving you that like your partner reassuring you of those things so oh and one more thing I want to note with anxious attachment style is that like 
if you're ever rejected by a partner, so maybe this is in your relationship, you feel rejection or you are dating and maybe, you know, someone ghosts you or someone stops talking to you or someone says, hey, I no longer want to talk to you. And like maybe even if they give you a reason or whatever the case is, you might feel like it's your fault, like almost like I'm not worthy of love. Right. I I wasn't enough. I wasn't X, Y and Z. And you feel as if it is your fault that things didn't work out because again, you have sort of like a lower lower level of like self-esteem and, and sort of self-worth when it comes to these relationships and you tend to place other people on the pedestal versus thinking that you're worthy of being on that pedestal as well. Okay, so the next attachment style that we're gonna cover is avoidant dismissive attachment style. This one is really interesting because I feel like on the surface when you first hear about this one or at least when I first like learned about this one it seems kind of lit. It's like okay you know a lot of positive things but then you realize like it's not as positive as it seems. So with this particular attachment style you see yourself as a strong independent person. Think of you know when they'd be like I'm a strong independent woman I don't need no man. That's the vibes. That's the vibes of this particular particular attachment style you have high self-esteem you have a positive outlook of yourself like you know you bad like you know what I'm saying like you know you're smart you know you're bad you know you're this amazing person and you also believe that you don't need a relationship to be happy however where this attachment style can like start to go left is because as this person who's like super high self-esteem super strong super independent doesn't believe that they need a relationship you tend to avoid emotional bonds with other people because you have this fear of getting close to others you don't want to depend on other people because you tend to feel like other people just will let you down so instead of you creating these emotional bonds with other people instead of you learning to lean on other people it's sort of like you're like okay I can just do this myself I can just provide myself all the things that I could find in a relationship with someone else like nah nah I'm gonna just do it myself period so you tend to also suppress emotions and hide them and on the surface this person can often appear to be really happy really popular really like charismatic because they tend to have a lot of like superficial relationships so it might be the person who has a ton of friends or they know a ton of people but when you really like if you ever were to like sit down and talk to that person you realize like okay they they know a lot of people like they have like 20 friends quote unquote but like how many of these friends have actually been with them in an intimate moment and I don't mean sexual intimacy I mean like intimate like seeing them really get vulnerable seeing them get raw seeing them cry seeing them open up have those really deep and vulnerable conversations and you'll realize that they don't have those conversations. They don't have those relationships with people. Y'all know how there's that trend or not even that trend, but like people talk about getting the ick from someone. Like this is the vibe that I get from this one is like you meet someone, you're talking to someone, whatever, whatever. And as you start to like get into the territory where things can start to get serious or you can start to like realize that hmm, I'm starting to like this person, you get the ick super early and you decide you about to back out for something small and it's not that you're getting the ick from that thing it's not that they like you know showed up and wore shorts to like the restaurant 
not or it's not that they like mispronounce the name of like the pasta on the menu it's not that it's literally the fact that you are afraid to connect and so in your mind you create this sort of you know, you create this belief that like, oh, they're they're like weird or they're whatever because of this thing when it's really not that thing. It's just the fact that you are afraid of getting too emotionally connected and close with this particular person. So this attachment style can stem from having parents who were super strict, who didn't show a ton of emotion and they expected their kids to be tough. So in a in your childhood, like maybe you had the parents who were like, they didn't want you to cry. They didn't ever cry around you they never you know they never you never saw them in a vulnerable situation and they never wanted you to be in that vulnerable situation they wanted you to be strong to be independent um I feel like and I don't know I haven't seen any research on this so this is just my opinion but I feel like I could see a lot more immigrants being this particular attachment style because I know growing up that's kind of how I was raised is to like be very strong very independent very much like as an only child I like relied on myself so y'all know I struggle with hyper independence and like really unlearning a lot of that behavior and that's the vibe this gives me is like hyper independent you know possibly raised by immigrants vibe (laughs) so your caregivers were also emotionally distant and so whenever you expressed a need for emotional closeness maybe you wanted a hug maybe you wanted to open up to your caregiver about a situation that was very emotional for you your caregiver shut down and shut you out and instead of allowing you a safe space to open up they pushed that away and basically asked that you shut down your emotions there is research that shows that men are much likely to have this particular attachment style which I absolutely believe it I remember like as I was researching this I was thinking I was like yo like men are probably going to be higher on the list for avoidant dismissive attachment style simply because men are conditioned in our society to be like this right so when you think of little boys it's like what do we tell little boys they fall they scrape their knee we tell them don't cry we socialize little boys to be strong to be you know protectors to not cry to not show weakness because to show weakness is apparently according to our society something that is limited to and for and reserved for women right to cry to show emotion to open up to be vulnerable so you see a lot of men who are closed off who aren't connected to their emotions or who want to be connected to their emotions who want to open up and to receive a hug to receive that beautiful vulnerable connection in that way but who have been socialized to believe that if they were to actively do so or if they were to do so and be very open about it that they would be scrutinized by society and so I'm not surprised to learn that men are much more likely to have this style I've been in relationships with men who tend to be avoided and that is a very dangerous mix if you think about what I said earlier about how I had the uh, anxious attachment style and I'm in relationships with avoidant attachment style men do you see how bad that is like that's just a recipe for disaster me wanting to connect wanting support wanting to be sort of reassured by my partner and having a partner who is shutting down, who can't offer me that emotional connection that I want and that I crave and feeling as if I am in this space where I'm literally trying to connect with a wall, right? Like that is that is the vibe of anxious plus avoidant in a relationship. So yeah, like 
not surprised at all to learn about the correlation between men and this particular attachment style but also I'm I feel like in this particular dating world and some of the content that I've seen online especially about people who are really struggling with dating and getting hurt um I'm not surprised to sort of see many more women at least on my for you page on TikTok taking on this particular mindset where they're like I don't need a man I don't want a man I I can be the person that makes myself happy sort of closing themselves off to emotion in order to save themselves the possibility of being hurt in order to save themselves from these emotional roller coaster moments and in order to really only be able to depend on themselves because they know that they will show up for themselves but they're not sure if the men that they are possibly attempting to enter into a relationship with can fully show up for them in the way that they need them to about a year ago i wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey i was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day so instead of adding more i decided i wanted to simplify and try ag1 it's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
So y'all know that I cut my hair recently because I have this obsession with literally cutting all of my hair off. I mean, yeah, just love, just love a good hair switch up, truly. But I have been working on growing my hair back out and not only growing it back out, but really focusing on making sure that it's growing out super healthy and super strong. As y'all know, hair care is more than just styling. It's about your hair health and about your scalp health as well. And a good daily hair care and scalp health regimen can make a huge difference. Way's new scalp serum and thick and full hair supplements are a complete solution for promoting the appearance of thicker, full healthier hair. Before I started taking the supplements and before I started using the scalp serum, I really struggled with like my very, very dry scalp. And I also struggled with making sure that my hair was growing at a very consistent pace that I was happy with. Since using the Way Scalp Serum and since incorporating the thick and full supplements, I've noticed my hair definitely growing in super thick. Um, I have braids in right now, so it's definitely coming up on the time where I need to take out the braids just because I have so much new growth. I've also noticed that my scalp is much more moisturized and not as dry and flaky as it was before. So I have been loving the thick and full supplements as well as the scalp serum. The way thick and full supplements are vegan, they're one a day supplements with zero flavor that support thicker, fuller, healthier hair. They reduce the appearance of shedding and support your hair strength. Overall, they're just good for your hair health. They have things in them such as biotin, pea shoot extract, which helps to promote thicker and fuller strands. They also contain only vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free ingredients. The Way Scalp Serum, on the other hand, is a scalp serum that can be used day or night with wet or dry hair. It soothes irritation from tight ponytails and excessive hair detangling. I know I struggle with literally both of these things. And it helps to keep your hair feeling stronger and looking fuller throughout the day, as well as giving your scalp a really healthy and hydrated, balanced look and feel. The Scalp Serum contains skincare ingredients such as hyaluronic acid, and adaptogens. It's safe for color-treated and chemically-treated hair, and again, it only contains vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free ingredients. Grow all the way with Way Scalp Serum and Thick and Full Supplements. Go to theway.com, that's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, and use the code MANIFESTDAILY to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code MANIFESTDAILY. So the next attachment style that we're going to chat about is disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment style. Now, this is the most difficult attachment style because it really is just quite unstable. Like your behavior is very confusing to both probably yourself, but also to your potential partners as well. With this particular attachment style, you want a partner, but you're also really afraid of being with someone because again, on one hand, you're craving this intimacy. You want the love, you want that bond, but you're also afraid to depend upon others because you have this fear of being let down. With this attachment style, you tend to avoid strong emotional connections due to your fear of getting hurt. This This one's really similar to avoidant, but in avoidant, it's like you're like, you know, I don't need no man or whatever. But with disorganized, fearful avoidant, you want that man, but you're also like, damn, is he about to hurt me? Like, what's he what's he going to do? With this particular attachment style, you really want to like believe in your partner, but you have a lot of trouble believing that they're actually going to support you. This attachment style can tend to be formed by abuse in childhood because it's characterized by a general feeling of fear. The child in this situation knows that they need to rely on their caregiver to 
survive, yet the caregiver is also a source of fear for the child. So you are afraid of the person who's literally supposed to provide, you know, that love, that shelter, the food, all the things that you need to survive. And if your caregiver is inconsistent, you literally do not know what to expect. So I was going to put this towards the end about how my attachment style has changed, but I figured we could talk about it right now because literally at this point in time, I have disorganized fearful avoidant attachment style. So like I said earlier, I used to have anxious attachment style where I was kind of more so recreating that clingy behavior, really leaning on my partner for excess reassurement and support all those different things. But at this point, I have since shifted into this disorganized and fearful avoidant pattern. I think a huge part of my shift has to do with like dating because y'all know this is, or maybe I don't know if I said it to y'all because I know I said it to a friend the other day. I don't know if it was y'all, but I was telling someone that this is the first season of my life where I've really been dating. Like the last time I was single for a really long time, I was home in my parents' house and y'all know my parents was kind of, well, not my parents, it was like my dad was kind of strict, but like I just felt weird like dating and being at home. Like when I would need to go on dates and stuff like that, I like always felt weird coming home late and stuff because I always had to come through the front door and my dad would wake up and it was just, it was just, it felt like, I don't know, it just felt weird like dating in their house. So this is the first season, chapter, time in my life where I really I don't have to answer to anyone I come home it's just me in the house like I'm really able to fully embrace singlehood right and as a result of that I've been dating I would say like probably not like a ton just like a regular amount of like a single person like I've been going on dates right and through my dating experience I've had these interactions where I've gotten close to someone only for them to let me down and that's come through the form of ghosting like I've literally had interactions with men who just shitty shitty people and not to say every man is shitty because they're not okay I know that not every person can be categorized and lumped into that but these interactions I had like I remember one where I was talking to a guy and I was kind of like I'd already started to build up these walls and these guards and he was telling me all these things and he was showing me some of those things as well so it wasn't like I was just relying on words but we were going on dates he was being really nice he was kind of reassuring me we were talking about you know future plans and future things like he'd come to my house which y'all know I don't just let anyone in my house so like it was something where I could start to see a future with this person because I really enjoyed their company they were great and things were going well so literally it went from night and day to this point where all of a sudden this person ended up like doing like y'all know the slow fade like it wasn't like a full-on ghost but he was starting to be like really weird and then when I called it out because one thing about me I pick up on the energy and you're not gonna sit here and tell me that I'm making something up because I can I know like you know what I'm saying like you know when you know and when someone tries to gaslight you and be like no you're crazy like what but he starts to do the slow fade and when I call it out he was like no 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 and so I was like all right I'm gonna just I'm not gonna say nothing to him tomorrow let's see if he hits me up to talk to me and I never spoke to that man a day in my life again it's stuff like that that gets me because when you are dating and you're creating connections with people and you're creating connections where someone is telling you and showing you or or telling you that you should be comfortable like hey it's okay let your guard down around me hey it's okay you know um like I I won't judge you I won't leave I won't do all these things and then you open up and they do exactly what they said they wouldn't do do you know what that does to a person and this is why when I started this episode not to kind of like 
be a negative Nancy because I really don't want this to be something where I feel like y'all just hear me speak negatively about it I want to be real about this shit like when you go through that continuously when you are dating and there are people who are constantly doing that it can start to really wear on a person and towards the end of this episode I actually talk about my experience seeing a medium and because at one point in time I said to myself I was like is it me like what am I doing to attract these men like I feel like I'm really intuitive I feel like I pick up on red flags really well but for some reason this has happened a few times where I've let someone into my space into my energy only for them to literally disrespect ghost be a complete complete just awful person and as a result of that this is how I've developed this disorganized fearful avoidant attachment style I want to open up to people I want to get close I want that intimacy but I'm also terrified because the minute that I do start to like someone the minute that I let my guard down the minute that I open up I feel like that hurt is inevitable I feel like they're just going to hurt me to my core and I don't know how much more of it I can take. Like, I truly do not know how much more of this I can take because it really wears on you as a person. And it is hard. And it's hard to endure that time and time again and then put yourself back out there and attempt to trust in the good in people. And I've never wanted to be the person that's been cynical and bitter and frustrated because that's not who I am authentically. Like that's not who I am as a person. And so when I notice the dating apps and the dating process really pulling that out of me, that's always my indication to take a step back and to pause. And I think I literally just said this exact same thing because I recorded the end of this episode just now. Um, so I feel like I'm repeating myself. So if you guys hear this again in like 10 minutes, sorry, but it's it's what it is i also want to say another thing too this is kind of unrelated to attachment style but this has to do with dating the other conversation i was having with a friend the other day was around sexual intimacy and just when to have sex with a partner or a potential you know relationship person or whatever and i think that you know sexual intimacy is obviously something that is it's up to you to decide when you want to engage in that activity with a partner it's like I can't tell you when the right time is. You can't tell me when the right time is for me or you. Like it's it's a personal thing. But the conversation of waiting because if you wait, you are, you know, you're you're more likely to get someone who's going to take you seriously. I think that's a bullshit conversation. I know people who didn't wait with their partner and they're married or engaged or in a really committed relationship. I've heard stories of people who waited four, five, six months, got ghosted the next day. If someone is planning to screw you over, even if they're not planning it initially, but if it comes to them, if that's what they decide they're going to do, if they decide that you are not the person they want to be in a relationship with, but they still want to have sex with you, they're going to wait. And because there are people that, you know, everyone now has a roster, which I mean, I don't, but like this whole thing of having people on standby, like... I feel like we're in such a space where we are all so hurt that we are literally dehumanizing the process of finding connection. And it is so ruthless out there that it continuously blows my mind that people are treating this like a game. And I know sometimes you make jokes about it, but like, think about it. There's always some truth to a joke. 
right? So when people are talking about staying toxic out here because you'd rather hurt someone than be hurt, like, do we really think that's okay? So I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like that's another conversation that's kind of related to when we talk about, um, when we talk about someone who gets hurt, I think a lot of time people ask those questions. They'll be like, well, did you wait to sleep with him? Did you open up too quickly? Did you whatever? And boundaries are one thing, but if you are connecting with someone and you are made to feel as if you are in a safe space to connect with that person and you do so, and then they disappear and then they don't even give you the respect of telling you why they're leaving or what's changed. That's not on you. Like you're not at fault for opening up. You're not at fault for being vulnerable. You're not at fault for being a human who wants connection. And I just want to say that because I know that that is part of the conversation that's being had today. And I don't necessarily think those are the right questions that we should be asking someone who's put in this position because whether or not you opened up to someone or not doesn't mean that you are in any way more or less deserving of being ghosted and being hurt and being treated like you are not a human being. Okay, my loves, that was super heavy with that last one. Um, if you needed to take a break, I understand. I I just, I have so many thoughts on this and it's just, I, I, I wanted to say that because I feel like a lot of times I don't want to be too negative about something, but this isn't even like negativity. This is literally what I've been seeing out here and what I've been experiencing and it's not always fun like yeah there's a fun part to dating and getting to know someone and possibility that I can go somewhere or just enjoying yourself but like there's also that that really hard side um that I feel like we got to talk about so yeah (laughs) hopefully that wasn't too heavy for you guys so the last attachment style that I want to discuss and talk about is secure attachment so this is the one that we are all sort of aiming towards if we had a goal when it comes to attachment style within secure attachment style you are comfortable expressing your emotions you feel as if you can depend on your partner and your partner can depend on you and you thrive in relationships but at the same time you don't fear being on your own this is a really great space to be in essentially um with this particular attachment style and I know I've I've heard through a lot of people that if they come in to a relationship with disorganized or fearful um avoidant or um what was that one anxious or any of the other attachment styles if you enter into a relationship and you're not securely attached that if you are with a partner who is supportive of you and one that you support you can both sort of work together to grow and evolve and both become securely attached like y'all know those relationships where people will talk about how it started off and maybe it was a little toxic to begin with like maybe they were the type of person who wanted to look through their partner's phone who thought you know something was going to happen who was very distrustful who was afraid to open up 
all these different things, but through being with a patient partner who they were able to communicate with. And another huge part of moving towards secure attachment, I also have to highlight is the communication and the self-awareness of it all. You have to be aware of the fact that you are not securely attached before you can begin the work of moving towards secure attachment. And not only that, but you have to be willing to communicate with those around you to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, this is something I'm afraid of. Hey, I, I might need a little extra reassurance here and there, like all those different things and being with the right person who's able to be patient with you, who can listen, who also communicates their fears and their worries and what they need help with and what they need to be reassured on is a way to move towards that secure attachment style. So as much as I'm aware that I am in this disorganized, fearful, avoidant attachment style space, I'm also very aware that I am working on it from a single person standpoint. So that is being uh, self-aware one, but then also, like I said, or I don't think I said it just yet, but it's in the end of this episode, doing things where if I notice that I'm like performing a self-sabotaging behavior that's in line with disorganized attachment style, I sort of am aware of it and I can pull myself back from that and sort of choose to be more secure, choose to kind of operate and act with the more secure attachment style response versus the disorganized and fearful avoidant one. When I do enter into a relationship, this is going to be something that I'm going to have to talk to my partner about and sort of let them know where I'm at emotionally, where I'm at with my attachment style, what are the things that I struggle with, and what are the things that I'm going to really need them to be patient with me on. The right person is going to welcome that communication and is going to be open and there for me and able to help me through that. And I'm going to also be able to support them as they move towards secure attachment style if they are not there already. So that is the last one. It's definitely, like I said, the goal. But um, if you're not there yet, do not worry. Attachment styles change and you can absolutely move there in this lifetime. So my loves, I just had my reading with the medium and I'm so excited. So I wanted to share this experience with you guys, particularly because I believe it relates a lot to the conversation that we were having today, mainly because as we were talking about attachment styles, I really, really placed a lot of emphasis on attachment styles as they relate to your romantic relationships. And when I started off this episode, which was earlier this morning, it's kind of crazy because I've spent the entire day um, researching and creating and producing this particular episode. This is probably an episode that has taken me the longest to produce and I truly don't know why. But as the episode started today, you guys heard me. I was sort of in a lower vibrational place. I was feeling very stuck, very frustrated, very, very just upset with where I was in my love life and I sort of had a couple of different conversations with friends today I spent some time chatting with you guys which always makes me happy I can come on here and feel really welcome to share my experience and as much as there are times when I feel a little bit nervous because I don't want you guys to feel like oh my god she's always complaining about the fact that she's single like I don't want to be that person because I know there's much more to life than your relationship status trust me I'm aware But I think when you have everything else in your life that feels aligned and there's that one thing that you don't have, you can in some ways tend to hyper fixate on it. And that's definitely what I tend to do with my relationship status. So I had this reading 
with a medium. I will share her information with any of you guys who reach out to me um, and want her information because I kind of want to make sure that whoever reaches out to her is serious about her services and working with her because she is such an amazing and beautiful soul. And that reading was so powerful. And I wanted to come on here and share my experience. So I went into the reading with the intention of getting some information on my love life. I wanted to understand, is this divine timing? Am I doing what I need to do energetically? Is there something that I need to work on letting go? Is there a block that is there energetically that's stopping me from meeting this person? Because truly, if you ask anyone who knows me, because like, I want y'all to know I'm not fraud. I'm not fake. You feel me? I'm not on your capping. Everyone that I know tells me like, you're doing all the things and more. And not from a desperate standpoint, but from a standpoint of you're putting yourself out there, you're healing, you're working on yourself, you're, you know, finding hobbies and learning new things, you're being a good person. So there's really on this human plane where we can sort of see certain things and understand a finite amount of things, there is no reason why I shouldn't meet someone other than timing, right? But as we know, it goes deeper than that and it can be energetic and I wanted to kind of understand if there was an energetic reason for my relationship status at the moment. I really just enjoy that reading because it was sort of this confirmation of everything that I know. But I think sometimes we need to kind of get that external validation. Like we know things, but it's not until someone says it to us that we recognize the truth in what we've already known. So going into the reading, um, a couple of things that really stood out to me was the confirmation that I am really in alignment. Like I've always felt like that, especially with the work that I've been doing for the past few months, especially as it relates to being even more self-aware, truly working on elevating myself as a soul, because I know that whenever I do end up in a relationship, I want to be as good of a person as I can be entering into that relationship so that the person that I meet can match that energy. And that was confirmed to me that, you know, my guides, um, there are a couple different guides that came through. There was even an angel that is with me that came through that was just confirming. They were all confirming that one, they're really proud of me for the work that I've done over these past couple months, especially throughout my entire life and also the past lives I've lived. And then two, that this work will pay off. Like I am super in alignment. It's funny. Um, there was a moment where the medium almost started to cry because she was like, you have such beautiful energy. That was actually the first thing we, she said to me when we got on the call. She goes, wow, like you have this beautiful energy. And I get that a lot from people. And that is one of the most powerful, most like amazing compliments to receive because energy doesn't lie. Y'all know the vibes, okay? Energy don't lie. Like you can show up and be this gorgeous, stunning human being. But if you, if your energy is trash, baby, you're not cute. <laughs> you are not cute. To show up to a conversation like this and have that be one of the first things said to me was such a beautiful confirmation
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. We had a great chat. Another thing that was confirmed to me was that I am an old soul because I've always felt that in my heart. I've always felt like, you know, earth is a little bit ghetto, but it was confirmed that I didn't have to be here in this life, that I chose to come back here. I've been around the block a few times, been here a few times, gone through things a few times, and I've chosen to come back here to help others, to be of service, to provide wisdom. And again, saying all of this without any ego involved, because I think that for a lot of my life, when I would feel these things, I would also feel kind of like, well, who am I to say that? And again, we shouldn't ever fully be aiming to receive only external validation to make us feel good but sometimes you do need that validation or or that validation is a great confirmation and it's not the only thing you're relying on but it helps you to recognize your own truth so the part of the reading where we talked about relationships there actually it was kind of a shorter part of the conversation because most of the conversation was really focused on me and just my energy and my purpose and me serving others and kind of like what I'm here to do. But the part of the um, reading that focused on love for me and the big question that I went into the reading wanting to get answered is what is blocking me? What is stopping me? What is the reason? It came down to this reason of the person who is for me is working on some of their own things. I'm in an energetic place where I am ready for love. And I think I have known that as well myself. And I feel like that's why I struggle so much with this and why you guys hear me talk about this all the time and why I get so emotional is because I feel like I'm in a great place to meet someone. Like I don't feel like I would enter into a relationship and be codependent. I don't feel like 
I would enter into relationship and struggle to communicate with my partner or any of these things. I know in the episode earlier, I talk about my specific attachment style, but attachment styles change. And I know that entering into relationship, I would be able to work towards secure attachment. So when I sit with that and I'm like, I feel ready, like I truly feel ready. It's always made me sort of question, well, if I feel ready, why isn't it here? There must be something wrong. I must not be as ready as I feel. And to have the uh, confirmation from the medium that I am ready and that this isn't a case of me holding on to anything. I do have some control issues, but I received the message as well that my control issues weren't as control issuey as I thought. (laughs) So that was kind of good. I know you guys, I'm just in a place where I'm really, truly trying to just kind of sit in this energy where I know I'm ready and just wait to meet that person um the apps have been a great way for me to meet men but at the same time I haven't met a lot of quality men on there I've met some but they haven't been all great but that being said I really enjoyed my reading I feel I feel like that was just such a beautiful confirmation and I still feel pretty emotional right now, but it's that happy emotion. Like, I feel like I just want to share so much love with people. Like, for example, I'll give you guys some tea. So I am talking to someone, but like, I mean, talking to you kind of loosely. We went on a couple of dates um, and because of my attachment style, I'm sort of, I started to find myself going into self-sabotage mindset mode where I was like, ooh, this thing happened. So that must mean that it's all going to go left. And I pulled myself out of that mindset and was like, no, this thing happened. So it just means this thing happened. It's a neutral event. If he shows you that he's no, not into you or shows you something that you can use as proof of like, okay, this is not a thing. That's one thing. But the thing that happened was totally a neutral event. So anyways, the long story short is um, I'm the type of person where I am very, very much like caring, loving as a person. Like I just like I'm a giver, but like I don't want to overgive, obviously, but I am a giver. So I have this moment where I was like, oh, um, I'm having a really great day now. Like I'm really feeling good having deleted the apps, kind of feeling refreshed. Like I want to text this person and tell them like I hope they're having a good day because I know they're having like a busy day so we we haven't really spoken (laughs) since this morning and I was like I know you know they might not even respond to this message but that part of me that knows that I am this giving and loving person was like I want to send that message with no attachment to it like I want to send the message knowing that I feel this way right I feel I feel like I want this person to know that I hope they're having a good day. I want them to receive this message and hopefully it puts a smile on their face. But I also want to do so knowing that if they don't respond, if, I don't know, if they interpret that as clingy or weird because they're like, I've only been on a date with this girl like twice. Like, that's weird. She's not my girlfriend. Like, I don't know why she's doing this. If they, if if it goes left, I want to go into this knowing that like, Okay, it went left, but at the end of the day, I'm still loving Deandra. Like, I'm still the person who wants to do these things. I think when it comes to dating and being vulnerable, a lot of us can build walls up. And I've found myself starting to build up these walls that I've never had 
before and I'm not talking about boundaries I'm talking about walls because I've been going through these experiences where I feel so hurt by these men or I feel so hurt by a particular interaction that to save myself the pain of being hurt again that I'm like I'm not going to do these things and these are things that feel so authentic and so natural to me sending a quick text like hugging someone like being very affectionate that's who I am as a person and so when I'm building when I found myself building up these walls like in order to save myself from being hurt, I found that the walls themselves were causing me to feel hurt, like stopping myself from being my true authentic self, stopping myself from expressing how I feel, from being honest and transparent about what I want because I don't want to scare someone away. I feel like that is such a like that's such an excuse, I feel like, you know what I mean? Because the right person is not going to think that's too much. The right person is going to be flattered and honored and absolutely taken aback by the vulnerability and the ability for me to just be myself with absolutely no like holding back right and this isn't a conversation about giving a man you know being a wife to a man that hasn't claimed you and all these conversations that we seem to be having this is about showing up being yourself not being guarded and allowing yourself to be love and receive love without fear because a lot of these behaviors if we sit here and talk about it when it comes down to it it has nothing to do with you being a wife to someone that you're not a wife to it comes down to you being afraid to open up and be vulnerable because you're afraid this person won't earn that or you're afraid that this person is going to let you down or you're afraid that this person is going to judge you And the right person is not going to do any of those things. The right person is going to receive that energy that you're putting out with the exact intention that you want them to receive it with. That's that's how I came out of that call. I was like, you know what? I I just want to be like, I just want to be. And I feel like the more that I date and when I have to take these breaks, I've come to realize that I crave the breaks when I feel like I am moving out of my authentic energy And I'm moving into this energy where I feel so guarded and fearful and hurt and cynical and bitter and frustrated. And that's not my energy. My energy is I love love. Like I believe in it. I believe in fairy tales. I believe in these amazing things. I believe that men are good people. There are good men. There are good women. We're all good people. And some of us are just hurt. That doesn't mean that I want to sit here and heal a hurt person. I want someone who has done the work and taken the responsibility to recognize where they are hurt and work on that. But I also recognize that we are all in some ways hurt. And the behaviors that are, you know, that people are like the behaviors that people are actually what am I trying to say? The things that people are doing, okay, the actions they're taking, while it may not be their fault that they have a specific mindset that's really pushing them to take those actions and be an asshole it is their responsibility to be self-aware and to change those things and to really work on themselves so yeah (laughs) so my loves um i have to go because i have so much work to do today it is 4 19 i'm still working obviously it's 4 19 but i really i have like a ton of work to do and i also need to go to sephora because oh amazon just came i ordered um the cleaner for my retainer so i think that's what's arriving but i need to go to sephora and i need to pick up some face moisturizer 
And I'm probably going to also pick up some other fun goodies because it's Sephora. I can't go in there and come up with one thing. Like, let's be honest. Um, Although great that I heard my rent is going up a good chunk today. So I don't know why I'm heading to Sephora. But, you know, I do need face moisturizer. And the Amazon guy is being so loud outside. Very rude. Very rude. Okay, he's leaving. Um, Anyways, my loves, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for... What is that noise? My God. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I truly hope you guys enjoyed it. I really hope that it helped you in some way to understand your attachment style, maybe to feel not so alone when it comes to dating, um, or just to keep you company, girl, boy, as you, you know, do your your face routine, your skincare, your morning, your nighttime routine, where, wherever we're hanging out, okay, I I hope this has really brought a smile to your face. So I want to thank y'all for being here as per usual, and I will chat with you guys in the very next episode. Bye, my loves. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.